Sticks and stones may break my bones, but toupees will never hurt me. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Dark and Duck podcast. I'm your host, Stan Lund, and with me once again is Tiffany Silverbraun. Hello, Tiff. Hi. Hello. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I have been working a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, and also I'm doing a major spring cleaning, basically. <laughs> ah. Don't you love spring cleaning days? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. You end up finding a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, you've been uh, finding a lot of cool uh, Disney afternoon treasures, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Like all my old uh, Disney adventures, some old bonkers toys and tailspin stuff, some Darkwing Duck things too. Although most of my Darkwing stuff is in like one place (laughs) yeah but yeah well that's cool you know glad to hear you've been keeping busy yeah (laughs) with practical things yeah uh anything else new with you um not not much just still working on my art all the time and youtube videos and here and there but yeah, yeah, not too much free time. Yeah, I hear <laughs> <Unfortunately>. that. <laughs> yeah. So today's episode is going to have us doing a lot of traveling. So I figure it might be a nice idea to talk about maybe some places that you or I would like to visit someday. You know, hypothetically, yeah, uh, if we had, you know, the time to travel, the means to travel, the money to spend on travel, where would you go? Um, I've never been to Europe, so I would love to do like a European vacation. And I also would really like to go to Japan because I've had a lot of friends that go and say it's amazing. Yeah, they do have a and- life-size Gundam there. <laughs> And uh, my best friend, actually, for her 40th birthday, she just went to um, Egypt and she saw the Great Pyramids. And that sound sounded amazing, too. <laughs> well, that's neat. Yeah. Anywhere else you'd want to go or are those like the highlights? Um, I there's a lot of like U.S. places I would love to go to. And, you know, we were actually planning um this is just even california so super local we wanted to do like a tour of all the glass beaches because there's like a few that are really cool and it's just like washed up glass pebbles and um, yeah so we kind of wanted this weekend this next weekend actually go on a little glass beach tour (laughs) well that's cool uh, if if yeah. I could travel and money was no object, uh, places I'd go, I'd love to go to San Francisco someday, you know, just to see the Golden Gate Bridge, since it's my favorite bridge. That's uh, my neck of the woods. <laughs> I'd probably want to go to Belfast, Ireland to visit the Harlan and Wolf shipyard where the Titanic was built and maybe the uh, remnants of the DeLorean motor car factory. Uh, That'd Japan. Be awesome. 
Yeah. Japan's another place I'd love to go with my love of anime and whatnot. I think I'd have a lot of fun out there. And if I could, you know, do it, I'd also love to take a submersible down to see the remnants of the Titanic or the Britannic. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But we got an episode to review today, and this is uh, quite an important one to Darkwing Duck, even though it's not a Darkwing Duck episode. We are, of course, talking about DuckTales Double O Duck. Now, this episode aired on November 25th, 1987. It was written by Ken Koontz, who did a lot of uh, co-producing and story editing of DuckTales. He was also a story editor for Tailspin and Chippendale and a writer on DuckTales, Tailspin and Chippendale. Another... Now, this wasn't just written by him, though. David Weimers also wrote it. You know, he did a lot of producing for DuckTales. He was a voice director for DuckTales and story editor for DuckTales. Also story editor for Tailspin and Chippendale and a writer for DuckTales, Tailspin and Chippendale. Wow. And the episode, <laughs> yeah, prolific careers, right? Yeah. And, and the episode was directed by Terrence Harrison. Now, of the three of them, he is actually one that we lost back in 2007. He uh, directed, he was the uh, animation or timing director on uh, 12 episodes of Darkwing Duck. He uh, also directed 21 episodes of DuckTales. Wow. So, lots of talent in this one. You know, obviously we have... uh, some of our veteran voice actors come back, you know, we have, we'll talk about them when we get to them. Uh, this episode is very notable though, that it was sort of a back door pilot to what would become Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Well, not quite a backdoor pilot. Cause I don't think it was their intentions at the time, but yeah, after it got made, they kind of had the idea to maybe spin off. Well, right. I had heard, I think this episode was kind of seeing the viability of being a spinoff because that's why, you know, the nephews aren't in this at all. You know, yeah. and Scrooge and Gyro, who are in this, only appear at the very beginning and the end. Yeah. You know, like, I think it was meant to be, you know, it was supposed to give, like, Launchpad his own vehicle. And then, of course, you know, they found out the, the Fleming... uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Estate, Estate owned the double. Yeah, they owned the double O trademark, so they couldn't really use that for a show title. Yeah, but you they know. were allowed, I guess, to still use it for the episode title. Thankfully, yes. So we got a lot to go over with this. So let's uh, jump right into the deep end of the pool. So where do we start this episode? So it starts off at the airport and there's a lot of hustle and bustle and you see um, someone get off an airplane that looks exactly like Launchpad, but with black hair and sunglasses and a trench coat, but even has his scarf on. (laughs) Yeah. Also doing his best uh, Blues Brothers impersonation. (laughs) Yeah. And um, he, there's, you see two other mysterious people in trench coats and they say there's Bruno let's go and you 
are aware now that it's not Launchpad. It's someone else that looks exactly like him. Apparently and... named Bruno, which we yeah. have to break that rule and we have to talk about Bruno. <laughs> That's all I could think of this whole episode was that yeah. song. <laughs> now, the, uh, the other uh, agents, the spies, if you will, were uh, voiced by one person in particular we do remember, uh, Jack Angel. Yeah. Yep, folks who are familiar with Darkwing Duck will remember that he voiced the Liquidator. My favorite. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, the other spies, spies voiced by uh, Barry Denon, and he actually passed away in 2017. But some other uh, big roles that that he was in, he was the Chamberlain in the Dark Crystal. Uh, he was uh, more more loon the wizard in Ducktales, as well as Vacation Van Honk in Ducktales. Hmm. But anyway, so yeah, the spies are chasing Bruno, and he's got some fancy moves to try and get them off his trail, don't doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he um, jumps into the luggage cart, which is almost like a. It looks kind of like a mine cart in Temple of Doom. <laughs> and yep. he goes zooming away and um, lands like, you know, where the on the where all the airplanes are. And he, he runs and he grabs the back of one of the airplanes wings or yeah, the back. What do you call it? Tail. The. Wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also, apparently, he has air. super speed. What? I said, also, he apparently has super speed because of how okay. fast he ran to catch that thing. Yeah. And he's crawling on top of the airplane. The two guys get into a smaller airplane, chasing after him. And he jumps out and lands on top of a building. <laughs> yep. Grabs a hold of the antenna from a skyscraper. Then he yeah. slides down the fire escape and jumps into a manhole cover that leads to a subway. He yeah. tries to jump off the train, but he gets trampled by the passengers, and we don't see him again for a while, do we? No, we don't. Instead, we but... catch up with Launchpad. Yep. And yep. Um, he's walking around with a package in his hand. And someone who looks like another spy says, here's the de delivery. <laughs> and he says, oh, you know, he's doing his own thing. He's trying to deliver a package to Scrooge. And yep. um, he's confused and is like, what are you doing? You got to take this package to Geneva. And um, two guys, which I think are different, a different pair of two guys. Yep. Grab him and, and say that Jay Gander Hoover wants to see you, which is different than the Jay Gander Hooter that we know for Darkwing fans. <laughs> yep. And LP's like, I already got two deliveries. You'll have to wait your turn. <laughs> yeah. So but we end up in Jay Gander's office, and Jay Gander has a very familiar sounding voice. Oh, yeah. Anyone. Yep. That's uh, familiar with 80s and 90s cartoons. We'll know who that is. <laughs> yep. 
that is of course uh Peter Cullen. Now he he does the voice of Jay Gander Hoover in this and also the tall hat spy. Now he's actually not a stranger to DuckTales. He voiced Admiral Grimmitz in DuckTales. Yeah. And it's basically the same voice as the Admiral. Yeah. Yep, the the Admiral also shares that voice with one other character from a different show I love. He uh, voiced Smash, the leader of the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang in the original 87 Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I think uh, everybody's waiting for us to say his most <laughs> well-known role is that of Optimus Prime from yeah. Transformers. And then, of course, he did Eeyore as well. Yep. So, but yeah, quite definitely a quite a prime. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, he's telling Launchpad that it's the last chance to tell him what you know he knows. He's like, last chance to tell us what you know, Bruno. And LP's like, well, I know my name isn't Bruno. <laughs> yeah and um i think yeah then you see scrooge walk in and he's there to verify that you know he doesn't know anything and he isn't bruno and as yeah. he's telling him that you see the first two guys walk in and they have the real bruno in custody yeah. i do love uh scrooge's line though Launchpad's brain is like a Teflon plan. Nothing sticks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everyone is shocked with the fact that Bruno and Launchpad look so, uh, you know, similar. So yeah. apparently uh, they decide to have Lunchpail be a uh, secret agent for them. <laughs> yep, he's yeah. to impersonate Bruno Von Beek. And find Fowl. Now, this is not quite the Fowl we know. (laughs) Yeah. It's instead of the fiendish organization for world larceny, it's the foreign organization for world larceny, which I'm guessing maybe they changed that to be more politically correct. I mean, it's not necessarily offensive, but it's a little weird that it's foreign. (laughs) Yeah. So, LP's not really having this. I wouldn't know the first place to look for chickens. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, they want him to find uh, Fowl's leader, the infamous Dr. No Good. Yeah. Now, is Scrooge on board with this plan? Um, He thinks it's too risky, but then they explain to him what his plans are, which is to destroy the world's money supply. And then Scrooge <laughs> agrees and thinks it's a good idea that Launchpad steps in and helps. <laughs> Nothing's too risky when it comes to money. <laughs> so we end up uh, going to uh, Dr. G's lab next. And who is Dr. G? Dr. G is Gyro. And it's really funny to see him there and... Uh, Launchpad's a little confused, and Gyro explains that he can't pay the rent on what Miss with uh, what um, Scrooge pays him. So of course he has to have a second job, which is funny yep. and makes sense 
but he must um, he still must not be getting that much money because we all know he lives in a shack. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's kind of messing with Gyro and not paying him what he's worth. <laughs> yeah, which is too bad. Yeah. But Gyro, uh, he's certainly uh, outdone himself with the gadgets, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a bunch of gadgets to give Launchpad. He's got a toupee that he calls a Wig 45. <laughs> yeah. That shoots that shoots bullets and um, a, a telephone comb and exploding cufflinks and yep. uh, a bow tie camera. Elevator yep, and shoes, and the most impressive one. Do you want to take this one? Because you're the car guy. Yep. <laughs> the Thunder Clutch Whirly Thingy, which is a sports <laughs> car that can turn into a helicopter or a boat. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And it looks like a red 80s sports car. Yeah. But now LP just needs a new name. I was just getting used to Lunge Pail. <laughs> but what do they decide that to would call be LP? <laughs> they give him the name Double O Duck. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I think it would be hilarious, though, if his spy name was Lunchpail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. So. LP's got to go to Switz to uh, Geneva to find Dr. No Good. Uh, first, though, he's got to get used to the controls because what's the first thing he does with this uh, brand new uh, Thunder Clutch Whirly thingy? He instantly crashes. <laughs> yep. Either they were able to repair it immediately or they had a spare. <laughs> Yeah, they, it's just like they reset the scene, basically. <laughs> and it starts all over again. Yep. So LP then flies to Switzerland, where he makes contact with another spy who tells him that the next contact is in New Delhi. Code Pastrami on Rye. Hold the mustard. <laughs> now, yeah. LP... Uh, he misinterprets this and goes to New Delhi. <laughs> yeah. Yep, which he flies slash crashes to. And then he gets back to to Geneva, dressed as a snake charmer, complete with a live cobra. LP, you're a braver <laughs> man than me. And he gets asked if he got a response to his code, which he says, well, plenty of people were interested in pastrami and rye. But apparently New Delhi, <laughs> India was not where uh, LP was supposed to go. Where was he supposed to go? He was just supposed to go to the New Delhi. <laughs> yep. Nate and like Yodel's New Swiss Delhi consistent. Yeah, and I just want to mention, like, the whole time that there's the traveling, it's the, you know, the map travel with the map view and the dots, like, flying overhead. Yeah. Funny thing about that map, actually, uh, according to the map, Duckburg is somewhere near West Virginia, Virginia, and Kentucky. 
even though it really is not. Yeah, little inconsistency. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, now LP has to go back to New Delhi because his contact has gone there looking for him, and he's supposed to look for feathers. Yeah. And then you so, see him walking around calling feathers, feathers. <laughs> and yep. he he ends up in a nightclub and you hear an announcement that says that feathers galore is about to come on stage. Do you want to talk about yep. feathers galore? <laughs> sure. So her name is a uh, homage to the James Bond character with a uh, off color name called Pussy Galore. Now, we will not talk about that character anymore because this is a family friendly podcast, but. You can you just know, say she was in um, Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah. I believe she was one of the uh, Bond girls, as they're called. Yeah. I, I don't remember for sure. Was she a villain before uh, teaming up with Bond? I think it was. Hmm. I used to watch all those movies all the time. From what I remember, I think maybe she was not a villain and ended up being a villain. I don't know. <laughs> ah. But I, either way, you know, Bond movies are pretty good. Yeah, I I actually, I love the old ones. I haven't really seen, I haven't seen the newer ones, though. The Daniel Craig ones are amazing. Definitely recommend them. But anyway, back to the episode. Uh, (laughs) LP gives her the code and receives a number, 407. Uh, What is that? That's her room number. And he, she tells him to meet her there in five minutes. And you get a heart swipe into the next scene. (laughs) Where Launchpad is now in the tux. Yeah. Also, we should uh, mention that uh, Tress McNeil voices Feathers. Yeah. Uh, We also uh, see her in another role later in this that I'll mention when we get there. Yeah, very quick role. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you see he opens the door to the room and you see her draped across a red couch and um, calls him Bruno Darling and locks the door while trying to seduce him because she wants smoochy smoochy. <laughs> yep. And, and she says she'll take... Kind of... Go ahead. Launchpad at first is just kind of going along with it. Yep, and she does say she'll take the briefcase to Dr. No Good at New Delhi, which is the delicatessen. Though she accidentally triggers LP's bowtie camera, which apparently was a going-away present from Mom. Unfortunately, (laughs) Bruno's mom is dead. Well, it's kind of a going-away-for-good present. (laughs) What's she do next? And then um, I can't remember the order, but all of his gadgets basically go off and she's confused and yeah. find 
the comb his comb phone rings and he walks away to answer it in the closet. Yep. Either that or maybe he's got to take care of that killer dandruff from the wig 45. <laughs> killer but, dandruff. <laughs> yeah. The phone call, though, is Hoover checking in, which you'd think Hoover would be smart enough to know not to call the spy while he's out doing spy things. Yeah, definitely. But all at the same time, um, Feathers has a call with um, Dr. No Good on her own brush phone. <laughs> yep. And uh, she suspects that LP is a spy and his kisses aren't worth a pucker. Yep, that's how she apparently figured it out. And it's revealed that she's going to give him one more kiss with uh, poison lipstick, the kiss of death, which is very... Yep. Um, fungus among us <laughs> precursor yeah. maybe with Morgana's poison lipstick yep so at this point LP tries to leave but ends up in a battle with Miss Galore and you know she's uh, quite a martial arts uh, expert isn't she yeah she's doing a bunch of crazy kicks and um, yeah one of which kicks a hole right through the building. Yeah. And uh, Launchpad jumps into his car and a car chase ensues. Yep. Uh, Feather's uh, car that she pursues in resembles a Duesenberg. Yeah. It's a pretty cool car. Yeah. Not as cool as LP's car, but I think yeah. his car would be even cooler if he knew uh, how to get in the helicopter mode instead of accidentally turning it into a boat in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily for him, Feathers has to swerve to avoid him, and the boat turns back into a car. Yeah, and so, then they go... Oh, you want to take it, this part? No, you can take it, since this is the part you kind of wanted to handle anyway. Yeah, so then they start, um, they drive up a, a swirly amount. There's two mountains that they're driving up and um, launch pad. This scene was actually like cut from the Toon Disney version. Like if you were watching this on Toon Disney, they cut out this line where launch pad says it's your type that give women drivers a bad name, which I just have to stop and say. I hate that stereotype so much and I don't even know where it came from because all driving statistics say that women are better drivers than men. <laughs> so I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that even came from. Like men get more traffic tickets and in more fatal accidents than women. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I am you know, it is uh good that they cut the line for television but if you do want the full version it is both on the Disney Plus and the DVDs yeah and I am a believer in not cutting things out I think that things should just stay the way that they are even if they yeah. are problematic I think it's part of history and you gotta just let things be but Launchpad he uh he uh, throws a taunt her way, which is a little premature. Thought you had me that time, didn't you? And then immediately drives off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. And then, of course, he breaks the remote trying to turn the car into a helicopter. Then he tries to call the the DIA, the Duckburg in, Intelligence Agency, but all the lines are busy. So he abandons the car, you know, and kicks it, which promptly turns it into a helicopter. <laughs> Time for the trusty parachute, which ends up being an untrusty raft. Yeah. And he thankfully lands in a puddle of water and the helicopter lands ever so softly beside him. <laughs> yep. Well, and... we're back back to uh, Geneva, though LP almost misses it, actually has to backtrack, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh... we see, uh... oh, sorry, you go ahead. When he's at New Delhi, you see um, Feathers walking in. Launchpad's following her. And um, he goes to... This part's a little tricky to explain because it's all... Like, a lot of this episode is really good. It's got a lot of gags, but it's a little hard to, to explain, I guess. But you he walks in... You want me to in. say the quote? Yeah, you can say it. <laughs> he's like... So he asks this uh, Delhi guy, Fritz, what happened to the lady? Feathers galore, the one with the briefcase, never saw her before. <laughs> yep. And he knows, obviously, that she's there. So he tries to come back, pretending that he's delivering bread. And he's using the toupee as his mustache. And he's not falling for it. He says he didn't order bread. Asks if um, he ordered something else i don't remember what the second thing was uh salami oh salami and that doesn't work and then he's like said the only thing that he ordered was pickles and yep. so, so launchpad he... does ask launchpad does ask though first if he also ordered cappuccino royale which could be another james bond callback to oh, casino yeah. royale definitely <laughs> But yeah, the um, only thing the guy ordered was pickles, so LP uh, twirls his gun stash and accidentally sets it off. <laughs> so then he comes back in impersonating the pickle delivery guy. So fresh, Peter Piper just finished picking them. <laughs> but what happens that puts, a, uh, that puts LP into a pickle himself? <laughs> So right as he does that, the real pickle guy comes in with his delivery. And so Launchpad gets kicked out and he decides instead to just hide in one of the giant pickle barrels and he gets delivered into the freezer. Yep. And he's looking to turn the temperature down in there before he turns into a pickle sickle. But it actually <laughs> reveals a hidden passage. Something's fishy about this deli. And I'm not talking red herring. <laughs> yeah, a lot of great lines in this one. <laughs> yeah. So um, LP discovers a huge underground complex. That Dr. No Good is really up to no good. Yeah, and then you see a couple of the spies in there and they comment that they could smell pickles, which I love that that's a thing that now Launchpad just reeks of pickles the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 
So I will say that would uh, absolutely make me sick. <laughs> but yeah. LP avoids the henchman by sneaking through the vent, and he arrives in the Dr. No Good's office. He tries to call for reinforcements, but he says, oops. Is that Oops Ave or Oops Street? <laughs> but yep. we have a couple of villains that enter the room. Dr. No Good and Odd Duck. Now, both of these are James Bond parodies. Dr. No Good is a parody of Dr. Ernest Blofeld, James Bond's arch nemesis from the James Bond series. And Odd Duck is an homage to Odd Job, which was yep. a uh, henchman. And uh, Blofeld is also notably the inspiration for Dr. Evil and Austin Powers. Yeah. He also carries a uh, cat with him, which is another thing I think uh, Blofeld did. Yep. And his name now, is Flowers or something? Flower? <laughs> yeah. I think Flowers. Yeah. Uh, now, Dr. No Good is voiced by Renee Auberjonas. I may not have pronounced that quite right. Uh, he passed away on December 8th, 2019 of lung cancer, unfortunately. Uh, he did have a role in Darkwing Duck, though. He played uh, the venerable one and the curator in Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck. <laughs> wow, I didn't but, even know that. <laughs> but awesome. his... Uh, I'd say the role he's most famous for, though, was playing Otto in uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm. I believe he also played Paul Lewiston on many episodes of Boston Legal. Hmm. Yeah, so we get, he walks in and then he explains his plan which I'm glad he's explaining it because just hearing that someone wants to destroy the money supply didn't quite make sense for me at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is his plan? Reason... Yeah. So he has a, a, a chemical that's going to basically van like erase the print from money and make all money not valuable anymore. And so the only thing that will be valuable is his giant supply of gold. And that's his way of like becoming super rich, which right. also, now, I would say this might be a Darkwing like thing that inspired another Darkwing episode, Dirty Money, in which yep. Mine was the same thing. I was <laughs> well, uh, thinking that as well. Yeah. Also, though, <laughs> his plan wouldn't have really done much against Scrooge because all Scrooge money is uh, gold coins. Yeah, Scrooge would still be the richest duck in the world. <laughs> I love how his uh, ink vanisher is patented. Yeah. <laughs> but a uh, peculiar scent has uh, hit Dr. No Good's uh, nose. Why do I have this sudden craving for pickles? And unfortunately, <laughs> LP is spotted and captured. Yeah. So, we then get the uh, interrogation scene where Dr. No Good is asking who LP is working for. You can threaten me. You can torture me. But I'll never snitch on the DIA. <laughs> you just did, Launchpad. 
But Flower hisses at LP, and Dr. No Good says that Launchpad should meet his other pets. No need to push. I like pets. So where do we go from here? So he puts Launchpad in um, a, like, Roman, I would say, style lion chamber. And he's also in there with feathers. And it's revealed that because she failed at um, capturing him, she's now being punished and she got put into the lion chamber as well. Yeah. So LP suggests that she do a few backflips to show the kittens who boss, who's the boss, but it doesn't work. Yep. And Feathers literally jumps into LP's arms. Yeah. So <laughs> LP tries his elevator shoes, but they don't really work the way that he'd want them to. Maybe you forgot the magic words, Dorothy. <laughs> And he tries again, this time yeah. succeeds, and Feathers is amazed that Launchpad saved her. Hey, I'm no heel. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, Odd... Oh, I was going to say, Launchpad in that, in that trench coat with the elevator shoes is extremely Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah. Go, go Gadget legs! <laughs> yep. <laughs> But unfortunately, they have no time for a budding romance because Odd Duck is approaching. And yeah. Launchpad tries to to run, but he's going nowhere slow because his elevator shoes are still elevated. Though, thankfully, Feathers has the trick with uh, karate chopping them down to size. And then yep. Launchpad tries to call the DIA, and this is where... Uh, where Tress McNeil's other role comes in. She plays the phone operator. <laughs> yep. So he tries to call the DIA on his home phone. Please deposit 25 cents for the first three minutes. I'm talking on a pocket comb here. I'm sorry. Pocket combs are not considered approved operating <laughs> equipment by your telephone company. <laughs> 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 I'd like to reach out and yeah. strangle somebody. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, so. he crushes his comb phone in his hand in a moment of frustration. Yeah, I would but be frustrated he makes, too. Yeah, he does make a realization here, though, doesn't he? Um, About his, he realizes that he has his hair still. <laughs> well, not too pay. Well, he does realize it, but I love how he says it. Wait a minute. Why am I running? I'm not helpless. Go ahead and make my toupee. <laughs> yeah. Which is a uh, reference to Dirty Harry. Yep. And, um, yeah, this was another edited, or, you know, yeah, edited on Disney, on Toon Disney scene. Yep. Where... Though not fully edited. Which is weird, because LP fires the Wig 45 at Odd Duck, who catches the first bullet with his teeth. Is this what they mean by bite the bullet? He then fires three <laughs> more times, and Odd Duck catches the bullets in his hands and crushes them to dust. Now, that second attempt, the, the firing of three more bullets, was cut from the Toon Disney version. I'm not sure why the second attempt to shoot Odd Duck was was not okay and the first attempt was fine but 
Yeah, I mean, if anything, it seems more crazy, the teeth one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little weird. Yep, so then LP uh, starts checking uh, Feather's hair. Don't suppose that's a beehive bazooka. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but they... yeah, they run away, and she offers her um, brush phone, and um, <laughs> Launchpad tries to use it, and the same exact thing happens, and it asks him to deposit money. Yep, please deposit 25 cents. I'm talking on a speed dialing styling brush. Oh, sure, and I'm talking on a cordless toaster phone. <laughs> yep. And so, here's where you get I'll... that. Oh, continue. Go ahead. Um, this is where you get that uh, Feathers, you know, doesn't want to work for Fowl anymore, and she just wants to be with Launchpad. Yeah. So she's a good guy now, or a good gal now, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. No Good has uh, got his troops together, and he's about to send them on the mission. Oh, it feels so good to be no good. But unfortunately for him, that's when the cavalry comes in, because I guess the phone operator finally got in touch with the DIA and told them to send help. Yep, they burst in through the ceiling on ropes. Yep. So Dr. No Good attempts to flee, but is blocked by LP and Feathers. And LP tells him that this toupee has a hair trigger. And I love this line. <laughs> Sticks and stones will break my bones, but toupees will never hurt me. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's right, because the toupee will not fire anymore. I guess it's out of ammo. You yep. don't uh, have any sticks and stones on you, do you? <laughs> That's like my favorite line in the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, so, where do we go from here? So they get chased into the lab where um, the um, invis the vanishing liquid is being made, and um, uh, he tries to use one of his um. Uh, what are they called? Oh, just exploding cufflinks. And yep. he fails and explodes himself. And yep. uh, he then chases, he, or Feathers tries to slap Launchpad awake. This is another funny part. <laughs> yeah. And are you okay? I will be once you stop slapping me. <laughs> we should yeah. also mention that this explosion that happened does separate Dr. No Good from his cat. Yeah. Yeah, because throughout most of the episode, the cat has been on his shoulder. So it is no longer with him after the scene. Yeah, he's uh, he's alone now. And Launchpad chases him up, like, stairs to the very top of where this giant chemical vat is, which is very reminiscent of, like, Batman, Joker, vat of chemicals, or you could say liquidator vat of chemicals. <laughs> yep, he tried to use his elevator shoes, but I guess he forgot they were uh, damaged since they rocketed him through the walkway and burst into flames. Yeah. And um, he tries to use his other cufflink, and it just bounces off of Dr. Nogood's belly and doesn't work. <laughs> Would you believe my belt turns into a cannon? <laughs> 
and he these the only thing he has left is his bow tie camera and he flashes him with it it startles him and feathers comes in with a big karate kick um and knocks him into the vat of chemicals yep that's what i call hitting him with my best snapshot (laughs) so yeah dr no good is defeated and i'm glad the kitty's okay even though it was i guess an evil kitty yeah well he doesn't know any better (laughs) yeah so we should uh, make mention that even though it's implied that Dr. No Good uh, fell to his death here, he will be coming back in the next issue of the Dynamite comics. Though that being said, Darkwing Duck has always been a different continuity than DuckTales, so I'm guessing that's a universe where Dr. No Good never had his confrontation with Launchpad. Well, I saw things online talking about that, saying that he clearly died in this episode, and it, I'm thinking does he they don't really mention anything about him dying and if it's the vanishing liquid maybe it just turned him invisible that is possible we'll we'll have to wait a couple more weeks till that comes out so anyway we're back at the uh, dia headquarters now and hoover wants lunch pail to be double o duck full time but <laughs> lp uh he does not want to do that does he no he doesn't Nope, but Feathers wants LP to take her with him, because I guess, according to her, he ruffles her feathers. But <laughs> LP, he crashes alone. Yeah, and you get a, a Casablanca, like, word for word. Yeah, um, and theme. in case you're wondering, I do have it right here, word for word, if you want to hear it. Yeah, go for it. If that chopper leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon, and for the rest of your life. Here's looking at you, Feathers. <laughs> so, Aww. LP uh, flies off at Scrooge. With a really nice sunset. What? The, the, yep. the background is really nice in this scene, it, the sunset. It really is. Unfortunately, Launchpad should have filled up in gas in Istanbul. And as they crash, we get one uh, more line from Scrooge. Launchpad, you're a double old dope. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, pretty pretty good episode. In fact, the the episode has a couple other uh, interesting things about it. It was the most requested episode to be adapted into a comic book by Gladstone Publishing. Though, as far as my knowledge is, they never actually did adapt it into a comic. But it was great as a comic. Yeah. Though it was adapted into a picture book along with the episode Sweet Duck of Youth. Uh, Both uh, Jay Gander Hoover and Feathers do appear in a couple other episodes of DuckTales, non-speaking cameos. Uh, They both appear in the episode Till Nephews Do Us Part, and Feathers also appears in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you think of the episode? I I love it. 
it's weird. It's a little like, you know, it's definitely its own thing compared to like the other DuckTales episode, but episodes, but I think it's good for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, are we doing ratings? Yep. Um, I'd give it, and it's out of five, right? <laughs> yeah. I'd five dimes. You give it four to four dimes out of five, 40 cents? Yes. Four dimes. Mm-hmm. All right. I am also going to give it four dimes. I thought it was a very good episode. I love the humor in it. You know, it shows that Launchpad has the true mark of a hero. I think Feathers was such a great character. I wish we had gotten more of her because I think yep. I think it would have been nice to see uh, her helping the heroes out, you know, or getting into her own wacky adventures, especially since she seemed to be, you know, someone who could handle herself pretty well, you know, in a bit of a jam. You know, I yeah. I think the uh, the villain was, you know, a little lacking, but not too too much, you know. I just I wish we had gotten more of a threatening presence from him and I do feel that Odd Duck was kind of wasted. You know, like he was built up but he didn't even have mm-hmm. a single line. Yeah, especially since like Oddball is like or um, odd, odd job. Odd job. <laughs> Oddball. Odd job is such a great James Bond villain. He was like my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> But I will also still give this one four dimes out of five. I I think it hit a lot of the be- great marks. I think the music was on point. You know, the backgrounds were beautiful. You know, the settings. Yeah, the animation was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and we do have three villains we're going to rate. Or rather, two villains and a villain turned hero. Uh, I guess we'll start with the with the nicest one and work our way up to the biggest of the bad. So... <laughs> what would you rate Feathers? Um, I actually really like Feathers, so I'm going to give her a five. And I think that she definitely should have come back. And there was it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I'm giving her a five as well. I thought she had some great lines. She had some real good action about her. You know, she wasn't just, you know, a damsel in distress. She showed that she could, you know, give just as much as she could take. Yep, and you know Tress McNeil. <laughs> yeah, always on. Point. Have more Tress McNeil. <laughs> okay, now for Odd Duck. Um, I would probably give him a three. I think just like what you said, like they didn't do enough with him. Um, the character design was okay it kind of reminded me i can't put my finger on it he's like a different he's like a different character maybe i'm thinking of um the one guy in fungus among us the like tall guy it's kind of similar to that yeah i'm not sure i forget his name but there was like the council the mushroom council in fungus among us he kind of reminds me of that guy but yeah, character design was all right. But yeah, they didn't do enough with him. So a three. All right. I'm actually going to go a little lower than you. I'm going to do a two and a half on him. I I think the character design was actually really great with him. You know, he looked very imposing and threatening, but 
at the end of the day, they just didn't do enough with him. It, I think it would have been nice to have gotten at least one or two lines from him. I I think uh, they could have, uh, you know, had him be more of an imposing threat. And he's someone that they didn't even end up fully dealing with. Like, you know, Feathers and LP, they hide around a corner from him. He runs by and you don't see him the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, so he is still presumably out there and lurking. Who knows? Maybe he'll come back in this Dynamite comic as well. Maybe get a little uh, redemption. But yeah, I'm going to do cool. two and a half for him. All right. And now our big bad, Dr. No Good. What would you rate him? Uh, I don't really like him that much. I think I'm going to go really low <laughs> and give him a two. Yeah. And I think it's just because I mean he's he's just basically blowfilled and there isn't really much to him. There's not like it's not an interesting spin and maybe part of it is because of Austin Powers in a way and it's like I've seen this before, people have commented on this before, but even the way that they did Doctor Evil was kind of a parody and funny. I mean at the time, like Yeah. <laughs> it was different a different spin on that character and this is kind of like well it's just Blofeld (laughs) pretty much yeah I mean I think there was some okay humor I mean obviously his line about sticks and stones yeah you know and toupees was really good but at the end of the day I didn't really find him to be all that threatening of a character you know like I would if he were on Darkwing, I think he would be what we'd call like a C-tier villain. Yeah. You know, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go two on him as well. I Maybe he'll uh, redeem himself a little bit in the comic, but who knows? This is neither here nor there. Yeah. But yeah, so that was our Double O Duck review. Uh we are the uh, St. Kennard Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps and uh, YouTube. Uh, Tiff, do you have any shout-outs for tonight, or do you have uh, places the fans can find you? Um, I just want to give a shout-out to Peter Cullen. <laughs> yeah. Always awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I... You can find me on um, Instagram at Tiffany Silver Braun or at Regurgitating Gertie for all my fan art. And um, I'm on YouTube at CarneyTube and Radioact Tiffany. All right. Uh, fun fact, by the way, I actually stood about 50 feet away from Peter Cullen at one point. That's awesome. Where was yeah. it? Uh, Boston Fan Expo. He and uh, Frank Welker were both doing uh, signings there. I was actually in the line for Frank Welker because I had to get yeah. a Ray Stans picture done for my real Ghostbusters collection. But I actually snapped a pic of Peter Cullen while I was standing in the line because a friend of mine was, you know, getting his autograph. So that was pretty cool. Uh, as for shout, oh sorry, I was just gonna say I heard that they were actually friends. Um, yeah. Him and Frank Welker. <laughs> uh, as for shout outs, I'm going to give a shout out to Terry McGovern, who voiced Launchpad. You know, he actually had a birthday uh, last week as of the time that you're actually hearing this. So happy birthday, Terry. Hope, happy uh, birthday. You're, you're, I'll, 
I hope your special day was awesome. Uh, as for where the fans can find me, you can find me on my YouTube channels, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. Lots of uh, trailer reactions, taste tests, unboxing, and gameplay proves to be found. So until next time, I hope you all uh, stay dangerous. And I, I have such a sudden craving for pickles. I just can't explain <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, stay dangerous, everyone. Bye.